This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast, where we are about to preview an Everton game for, it seems like, the first time in absolutely ages. Uh, Everton will be taking on Sheffield Wednesday in the FA Cup this weekend, uh, Sunday evening to be exact, an 8 o'clock kickoff, which is... You know, you know, a really, really useful time for, for a <laughs> match to kick off, isn't it? But uh, yeah, Ever- Everton finally back in action again. Uh, I'm your host, Adam Jones. Today joins Dream Team today, three-man <laughs> panel of <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dave Prentice and Gav Buckland, who will not be talking about Bob Latchford this time round. Instead, we'll be talking about <laughs> modern-day Everton, because I'm in charge, and this is what, <laughs> this is what we're discussing today. Uh, and Preno, we'll start with Carlo Ancelotti's press conference. Uh, he gave some rather interesting injury news ahead of this weekend's clash. Uh, on the plus side, Dominic Calvert-Lewin is back in training, and you know he very strongly hinted that Dominic would be starting this weekend. But Luca Dean, Alex Awobi, Niels Nkunku, Fabian Delph, Jean-Philippe Gabamon, and Alan will all miss this weekend's game. Which you know, for the for the first three of those, I think that's a big shame, isn't it? Because uh, I would have expected those, well, at least two of those to, to be starting this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a big shame and a big surprise. I mean, the, the latter three we knew all about, um, but Lucas Dean, we thought it was just a question of him uh, rediscovering match fitness now, uh, you know, so match sharpness, the actual injury, you know, was, you know, was not a problem. It was just a get, case of, you know, recapturing his rhythm, which looked like he was doing very, very well indeed at Molyneux last time we... Uh, played which seems like an awful long time ago uh so you know the obvious um, maybe not obvious but you know one of the likely replacements certainly for an fa cup tie would probably be niels and conku and obviously that's been taken away from us now as well so i think ben godfrey is probably the uh, the only option isn't it unless, unless we uh, go for some kind of strange uh you know sort of formation um, and even that's unlikely because alex iwobi is also unavailable um so yeah it's you know Pluses and minuses, you know, great that we're finally back in action again. Uh, but disappointing that, you know, so some of the players that, you know, we're really keen to see who've been performing well and looking to, you know, so like I say, you know, rediscover some kind of match fitness that won't be available. The plus point, of course, is Dominic Calvert-Lewin. So important to, you know, everything that we've done this season and hopefully benefiting from the little break he's had uh, and the fact that he'll be able to come back, you know, so fresh and hungry and, and fully fit again. So, yeah, pluses and minuses, but bottom line is we've got a match to focus on again. And the first of many over the next uh, couple of weeks. So let's, let's, let's start enjoying it again. Carlo Ancelotti confirmed that Luca Dean and Alex Wobi would actually be fit again for the uh, visit of Leicester in midweek, Gav. So do you think maybe for this weekend's game, it's more of a case of, you know, giving them a rest, maybe, you know, trying to protect them for some important Premier League fixtures ahead? Agree. Uh, my thoughts on this. When I seen it was if we were playing Leicester Sunday, Sheffield Wednesday, when on Wednesday, it's crazy enough. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> that went well, didn't it? Uh, yeah, uh, if you played Leicester on, if we if you reverse the fixtures, <laughs> put it in simple terms, <laughs> That's a nice uh, they, they will be both be playing on Sunday and being rested on Wednesday, will be my take because we've got Newcastle then, haven't we? Uh, and as Carlo says, it's busy. I, I suspect um, Carlo thinks he's got enough to get us over the line against. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not too concerned about those two. Um, 
it's, it's, he also mentioned Alan, didn't he? Who I think he said was 8th of February, I think, after the Man United game. Yeah. Which yeah. was quite interesting. Um, so that was, I suppose that's goodish news that there's a definite date for Alan to, yeah. to sort, of, sort of come back. I take that as positive. Yeah, yeah, I, I, you're right, that's my reading of it. Uh, more of a, a resting 80% fit players. Mm. Which, which in theory, you know, so is a good idea. But the FA Cup format at the moment means that you always run that risk, as we did in the last round, of suddenly having players having to play 120 minutes worth of football. You can't get the job done in 90 minutes, and you have the likes of Chenk Tosin, you know, wandering around like he needs a Zimmer frame in the last minute of uh, extra time. So yeah, 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 it it can bite you on the backside, you know. So that's uh, that tactic, Uh, but hopefully that won't be the case on this occasion. Yeah, that's a good point. That I know. I mean, he said about. DCL, I would imagine, and as he will be playing on Sunday, I think he, he said that. Yeah, I, I would presume uh, so from what he was saying. Which, which he suspects to give him some game time, and also, as Penno says, to, to give us a little bit more, uh, bit, little bit more clout up front, notwithstanding mm. that Cheng scored and had one disallowed against Rotherham. So, yeah, I'm, 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 there was that interview news. I actually took us a little bit, you know, it, it wasn't all bad. A little bit, less bit of. Limit a light there, and a, and a couple of things he spoke about come happen as well with me. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, yeah, rested, rested will be my uh, interpretation. I mean, but if if we're looking back to you know our third round tie against Rotherham, and uh, you know either of you can answer this question, I, I would say that apart from the first ten minutes against Rotherham, we tended to struggle in terms of creativity against them. Now, Sheffield Wednesday are in a very similar position to Rotherham, you know, 23rd in the Championship, coming to Goodison Park. Everton will be missing Luca Dean and Alex Iwobi, probably two of them are creative players. Now, Ames Rodriguez is going to be fit, of course. Richarlison this time is going to be, you presume, involved in this game. But do you, do you maybe worry that there's going to be a similar lack of creativity in this game? Um, I'll, I'll jump on that one, because uh, this is very, very similar to the Rotherham game. Uh, I remember before that match, you know, explaining that while Rotherham were down the bottom end of the championship, they had only lost by one goal on literally 80% of their games that season. Likewise, Sheffield Wednesday uh, are only one place above Rotherham in the table, but they've won four of their last five. They're on a particularly good run. Um, I think the last time they lost was at Nottingham Forest about uh, a month or so ago. What's arguably in our favour is the fact that uh, they haven't played since the last FA Cup tie, uh, January the 9th. So they've had a long break without any kind of football. Now, does that refresh them? Does that give them an extra bit of edge in terms of hunger? Or does it you know, lose a little bit of rhythm and momentum? You know, it, it could be either way, really. Uh, but I think what's in our favour, James, you know, the quality that guy has should be far too creative, creatively good for a championship defence. Richarlison, if he is picked, and I, I think he should be, uh, again, you know, so you should have too much for them. So I think a lot of it is down to what kind of starting lineup uh, Carlo Ancelotti sends out. I mean, it was very much, you know, uh, not a second string, but, you know, it was heavily rotated, shall we say, for the Rotherham game. And let's hope it wouldn't be quite as heavily rotated on this occasion because we don't want extra time. We, we can't afford that with the game against Leicester looming so closely afterwards. We need to get the job done. And, you know, I'm very much, I think Gavin's in the same school of thought as me on this one. In the, you know, you pick a stronger team, try and get the match won, you know, by an hour and then yeah. make the changes rather than, you know, sort of going with a weakened team and then maybe having to bring, you know, your, your, your better quality players on late in the game. Mm. I would yeah, say, honestly, yeah. 
go on, Gaffer. Sorry, I just said the other point on that is the core didn't play against Southern Dover. He didn't start, did he? Suspended yeah. on Wednesday, isn't he? So you would, mm-hmm. you'd expect him to start, wouldn't you? On yeah, Sunday. good point. Yeah. Mm. And I would just say on the flip side to my argument as well, obviously, Cenk Tosin was the man who started up front against Rotherham, whereas, you know, we're highly expecting that Dominic Calvert-Lewin will be the man up front this time. It's going to be a lot easier for those creative players in behind to be creating chances for a mobile striker like Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Well, yeah, the thing, the, thing, the thing about those two is they make things happen themselves anyway. I mean, uh, Cenk Tosin, and I've spoke, spoken before on this podcast, you know, I'm not uh, in any way critical of Cenk Tosin. You know, he, he is what he is, but he relies heavily on service, you know, he's a centre forward that needs crosses, good quality crosses, and he's capable of converting them. Whereas Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison are both very different. They can make things happen off their own back. They have the pace to get away from defenders. They have better movements. Uh, they have much more mobility. Uh, so they're capable uh, of doing things almost off their own bat. Obviously, it helps if they've got, you know, creativity around them. If they've got, you know, Hamas Rodriguez, you know, switching play and getting, you know, sort of great crosses in. Uh, the more likely to get on the end of them. But, you know, they, they can make things happen much more so than Cheng Tosin can do. So, yeah, that's a big plus in our favour as well. In terms of DCL Gav, do you think he maybe needs to score in this game? Because he, I think he went about, was it five games or something like that before his injury without scoring? You know, he got yeah. a couple of Sheffield Wednesday in the League Cup, of course, last last season, didn't he? And, you know, a couple of, couple of decent goals in that game. He obviously... Obviously, likes playing against this opponent. Yeah, Sheffield United. Yeah, think, yeah, scored against Sheffield United in the League Cup as well. Did he? I think or something like that. Yeah, um, you took me stats away there. I was just about to mention that. You know, when you talk about these, I thought there's a chance here to uh, put one in. Like you know, yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, I'm not sure much as a worry, uh, but it's it's. In, is it characteristic of Dominic that he's a bit of a streaky? You know feast and famine type striker over the last 18 months I, like, you know we had that lot long good good spell didn't he this time last year when Carlo came in and he had a fallow period before lockdown and during the summer come back far and all guns blazes blazing and then had a bit of a run without and then scored a few and then he's on another run now isn't he so yeah absolutely and he, well, put it this way we need him fit and far for the two Premier League games I think it's it's an ideal game for him to come back in, maybe lacking a bit of match sharpness, as you say, uh, but against a team that you know you would expect them to be um, getting a goal against. So, yeah, yeah, it, it, in some respects, a bit like Saint against Southern. The goal will be very helpful for the lads. I, yeah. I think all, all strikers are like that, to be honest. I mean, that, you know, so feast and famine thing, you know, all, all apart from the absolute elite. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You tend to find that all, all strikers have those spells and it, it comes with confidence. You know, if you're in a little run where you've scored one or two goals, you know, suddenly you find out that, you know, you're taking chances almost unconsciously. Lukaku is exactly the same. Uh, you know, okay, we're not going to mention Bob Latchford, but Bob Latchford. I was just about to say, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, do, you have little, you have little, little runs and little yeah. like that, and so it would be an ideal opportunity for Dominic to get one and hopefully spark another little run of goal scoring. You know, get that confidence and you know, so get his head right, so he can score goals. Then you know, in the league games that, that follow. Yeah I, yeah, I get that. I mean, the other thing I'd say about Calvert Loon's current uh, sort of fallow period is. We've been playing like sort of four, two, three, one, haven't we? A bit more. 
where he's been isolated a little yeah. bit more up top, hasn't he? Where he's had his most productive when we play four three three, where the ball's played out wide, and you've got you know we've had Lucadini or whoever uh, supplying him from that wide, and he's he's a far better player in a four three three than what he is in a four two three one, or as even a four four two last season, saw last season. So though he hasn't been productive, there's been a reason for that, and 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 his. His lack of goals is the price you pay for being far more solid at the back, isn't it, really? Mm-hmm. You know, um, ideally he'd won both. He won with Kevin to score every game, must not concede. But at the moment, Carlo, good management, shown his experience, is prepared to say, I'm, I'd rather us not concede and take it from there rather than we were a bit open with him in 4 3 3 early on in the season. And, and um, it was still in the middle of the season, it wasn't really in, in, in October, November time. So there's not necessarily down to Dominic's poor form, his current uh, lack of goals. I think it's the system of the team as well. Mm-hmm. Well, Gav makes a good point on the system there, Preno. You know, we're going into an FA Cup match against a lower league opponent, a struggling yeah. lower league opponent. You know, we, obviously, we've marveled over the last couple of months about how well Everton have set up defensively, but. Is this a t- chance for Everton to show that they can be a bit more expansive? And, you know, we they're going to have to break down what's going to be a probably quite resolute team this weekend, aren't they? Yeah, I agree. I, I would hope that we would go into it a little bit more ambitiously. You know, so back to the four-three-three, if you like. Um, say, well, not secure in the knowledge, but you know, in the knowledge that you know a, a championship forward line. You know, you'd like to think that our back four and our goalkeeper should be able, you know, sort of to handle them and keep them at bay. Although, as we saw against Rotherham, that's not a given. You know, so they created uh, all kinds of problems galore. But yeah, you would hope it'd be a bit more like it was, you know, early part of the season, a bit more open, uh, willing to trade our quality up against Sheffield Wednesday's quality, in the knowledge that you know, so we should have far more. And, you know, so, OK, if we concede maybe a goal or two, but we still should be able to score, you know, infinitely more than they do. hope that's the case because it means we'd be given like a really entertaining match to enjoy. And, uh, you know, so lots of activity at either end. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. You know, again, you know, we see it every single week. Carlo Ancelotti's team sheet's going to be uh, eagerly awaited because he's taken us by surprise yeah. quite a few times over the last uh, the last few weeks. And uh, maybe not quite so surprising this time, you know, so given that the players who are missing might force his hand a little bit. But yeah, I hope it is uh, adventurous. I hope it is ambitious, you know, and I hope it is quite open as a result. Mm-hmm. Gav, do you think that, you know, a long break from action maybe places a bit more emphasis on having, having, you know, an energetic and a vibrant sort of start to the match? Uh, yeah, yeah, it goes back to what we were saying before, but I mean, what Dave was saying, I want to get the game once, ideally want to get the game won early on, which we started. Rather than we were energetic <laughs> and played yeah. about for 10 minutes, you know, yeah. it's the same. Yeah. yeah, yeah, then it's sort of, I mean, let's face yeah. it, but it been 80 minutes of normal time, they were the best of the team, weren't they? Yeah. To be honest yeah. with you. Um, we don't want to repeat of that, do we? I mean, you know, again, agreeing with Dave, um, is, is we don't want extra time, that'll just be it. Be a nightmare that wouldn't it? I mean, playing extra time. If you played extra time, you'd still probably be playing or something like one half ten of a Sunday night. Yeah, well, I was just about to say, in that game, which is not ideal, that is it really not ideal? Do you think an eight o'clock kickoff on a Sunday do you think that makes it a bit 
trickier to you know be right up for the game from the first whistle even after you know a, a long period out good to unusual thanks to steve johnson his excellent ever results site and i'll give him a plug it's first i've ever kicked off of eight o'clock of a sunday night isn't it pamela really uh, wow. yeah yeah doesn't surprise uh, me <laughs> yeah it doesn't surprise i can't remember and no. I, I agree i mean this is this is part of the the problem with this season because of the, the, the i mean desire to have you know as many games possible shown live and i know it's part of the fa cup concept anyway you know you, you were playing at eight eight o'clock of a sunday night and footballers are are, are the well-tuned in training and being a dime all that well prepared and all this. I'm not sure whether eight o'clock of a Sunday night is an ideal fixture time for a Wednesday evening. It's a big a big game on Wednesday, isn't it? Massive game for us on Wednesday. Don't think it's ideal preparation for that, to be honest with you, Adam. I think it's 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 uh, it's uh, not 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 great at all. I'm sure when they saw that the people involved in conditioning and training the squad saw at eight o'clock of a Sunday before a midweek Premier League game. I think, and that's not ideal. Could have been three o'clock this afternoon, couldn't it? Completely different. So you've got less than seventy-two hours then, haven't you, to prepare for the uh, the Leicester game? And you know, with home advantage not applying anymore because of the empty stadium, that's not really helping, isn't it? You can't say well, we're at home, and that's a real big advantage for us. That's sort of the case, as we well know, and so. I just think, just think about it's one of these random things that sort of affecting people's seasons, isn't it? Really, and that's why we've seen, you know nobody's really shown great form. You say it's, 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 it's random, but you know, so we seem to have suffered, you know, more than a lot of teams this season. I mean, certainly over that really congested, you know, Christmas period, it was calculated, you know, that we had less t- less recovery yeah. time in between matches than any other football club. Or we would have done if Manchester City hadn't cried off on the uh, the 28th of December. Uh, but even yeah. with that, you know, we had less t- recovery time. And no surprise, really, that Liverpool had the most recovery time uh, uh, in between games. But yeah. well, it's, it's continuing now because if you think yeah. about, um, OK, Sunday night, 8 o'clock, is a very unforgiving time for a football match to be kicking off. You've then got the Wednesday match. And then the following Saturday, Newcastle is a half-12 kickoff. It's an early yeah. one. So, again, there's even less time to recover. So it really is going to test, um, you know, sort of Carlo's man management and, and fitness management of his squad at the moment. Not helped by them, you know, the increasing number of players who aren't available right now. So no, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah I agree. Seems to be a yeah. theme this season. But it, it, yeah, yeah. Well, we got our conspiracy theories out again there, don't we? You know, but <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah like we, I think we need the graphics there, don't we, to compare it to the big six? You know, but um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I, I agree. I mean, it's, it's effectively three games in like just over five days, that isn't it? Which is not not great. Um, no, I, I think, yeah, it's yeah, I, I do. I just, I'm not sure that's right. To be fair, yeah, I'm not sure that's right. Um, in the great scheme of things. It is um, a sure like it's, it's a unique season, and uh, you know, yeah. a number of other clubs are having to put up with stuff like this. I mean, Fulham have been yeah. also, you know, so quite, you know, so hard done to, shall we say, you know, some of the scheduling of their games as well. And it's just, you know, a fact of life, unfortunately, in a very, very unusual season. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Well, we're talking about this, you know, these three important games this week. You know, I wrote a piece yesterday saying that this could be. A defining week for Everton season, yeah. really. You know, two important Premier League games and FA Cup match to kick things off. Where do you think the 
FA Cup should take precedence in Everton's season. Obviously, they're doing very well in the league, but you know, there's still that you know trophy drought that the club absolutely does need to bring to an end at some point. So, do you think the, the FA Cup should take any sort of priority? No, I think it should be prioritised in the league. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's random. It's a random season, and there's an opportunity there, isn't it? It's, it's a tough season. one, isn't it? It's a tough one because. I, I guess, you know, the how we need to have a trophy. You know, we're all sick and tired of hearing that haven't won a trophy since 1995 chance. But, you know, it's absolutely accurate. And it's the longest, you know, we've said it before, the longest period in the club's entire history without a piece of silverware, which is just, it's unforgivable, really, for a club of Everton's, you know, stature and status in English football. So we need to remedy that and sometimes, you know, sooner rather than later. But... It is such an unusual season, this one. It is so unique, the circumstances, the absence of supporters, the, the random scheduling of games. Uh, there is an opportunity, you know, so to certainly qualify for Europe, maybe, maybe qualify for the top four. And uh, we've proved that we're capable of getting results against pretty much anybody on a good day. So, yeah, it, it's a tough balancing act. Um, Sheffield Wednesday is a game that we should be winning. But then it's probably going to be Tottenham next in the fifth round, then, isn't it? Which is going to be very, very tough as well. So yeah, I tend, I tend to go with Gav on this. That you know, prioritise the Premier League, but not to the detriment of sending out a heavily rotated squad. You know, uh, in the hope that's enough to get you through in the FA Cup. I think you've got to you know sort of try and spin a couple of plates here, and you know sort of try and you know sort of send out a stronger team as humanly possible that isn't going to compromise one or the other. I know that's me asking for you know best of both worlds, but that's what we want, really, isn't it? We want to, we'd love top four qualification and you know I'd say a place in the semi final at Wembley in the FA Cup and see what happens there. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a point there though. It's a bit of an elephant in the room with regards to the FA Cup is that it's pretty much now and has been for all oh, 15, 20 years. The you know it's been won by the big rich clubs, hasn't it? Yeah. You know, and you see the lineup in the final, the winners and newly beaten. It's tended to come from there, I say, you know, the big six. Um, I say, oh, oh, whatever. <laughs> I've got to cut, you know, well, whatever the big six are, you know, yeah, yeah. I know that's a bit of a story subject. <laughs> yeah, 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 they never had the big six of Bob Latchford's day, obviously. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but there is, and, and I and I think, and this is, this, this is, Goes back if we, to, to win the FA Cup, you've probably got to beat at least two out of the six. Yeah, you know, and that's a that's a big big ask on in a one-off game. So, um, so that, so this is why you get teams filled and we can see teams, especially lower down the divisions. They know they've got no chance of winning a cup. You've got no chance of having a decent run. It's just a nuisance. Yeah. And you suspect that that also informs, like you know, some of the lineups. You know. In the Premier League, that it's it's not the open competition it once was, and we I think we also, in terms of looking at our priorities, is, is have that and take that into account. It's a big ask to win a domestic cup competition, either League Cup or FA Cup, um, purely because of the riches that that the top clubs have got and and the big squads they have, and that's why certainly this season I'd be I'd be saying. We've got an, an unusual opportunity, as it were, to really have a good go in the Premier League. And mm-hmm. uh, I, 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 as long as that's still on, then I think we should we should focus on that. Having said that, obviously, if things change and we're in the semi-final and stuff, maybe look at it again. 
I'm proud of managers today, quite rightly. Good management. And Carlo's, Carlo's been through this a million times, hasn't he? As a manager. I mean, he's won the double, hasn't he, Carlo? Um, can still do it this year, by the way. And, uh, you know, yeah, he'll know how to do that, won't he? He'll have, have it all experience of knowing what to do and stuff. So, you, you can have both to a degree. You can. I mean, the one club, though, that for me um, gives you a little bit of hope as regards the FA Cup is Arsenal. Uh, now, I know they are long perceived as one of the, you know, so-called top yeah. two, but they've not been, you know, anything like the club that they were, you know, in the, in the glory days of Arsene Wenger for a long time now. But they've won four of the last seven FA Cups. Yeah. Uh, they won last year when, you know, best will in the world, you know, so their, their squad last year was, was a, a pale imitation of some of the great, you know, so Arsenal squads of the not-too-distant past. What's in their favour is they've got absolute, you know, elite match winners in their squad. You know, the likes of Obama Yang, uh, you know, so your Lacazette. They've got, you know, so real top yeah. class players. Maybe we haven't got that level of quality in the attacking, you know, third. Or, but we're getting there slowly. But that just makes me think that, you know, a, a club from, you know, arguably the, should we say, the, uh, the third to seventh, you know, eighth portion of the league can win the FA Cup. And we're in there at the moment and we deserve to be in there. So, yeah. possibly. You don't possibly. know, do you? I mean, this is one of the things where having the fifth round draw as well sort of yeah. <laughs> helps or hinders knowing that you've now got to play Tottenham. Yeah. So, you, you, you're you going to ask, I mean, I would imagine any, the team that beats Man City is probably going to win the FA Club. Yeah, fair enough. This yeah. year. Yeah. So, therefore, to win the final, I think you've got to beat Tottenham and probably Man City. Yeah. Which is and, and you know what Marino Marino is a great one off game manager manager isn't he, um, you know and uh, I think so throw that in in terms of our cup prospects um, so yeah it'll be be interesting to see how Carlo manages it but he, he can do it and he's got all that experience well, unless of course you know, we say for argument's sake we get Man City in the semi finals and there's another COVID outbreak and. Um... <laughs> Perhaps suddenly the man, you know, he has to play yeah, a yeah. different team. Well, 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 yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think yeah. the, the different rules apply what applies at Christmas, obviously, yeah, in terms of that. Um, so yeah, so you don't know. As I say, it's a nice thing playing City, but actually, City could have a low jam at the end of the season, couldn't he? Yeah. And I'm just getting way ahead of ourselves here. You know, <laughs> because you know, so you don't, you don't know, do you? But it's you're going to have to be two of the big, the, the big six. Yeah, uh, to, to to win the FA Cup will be, as a minimum. Yeah. Uh, to be honest with you, um, so I think we need to manage our expectations. Having a good winning a cup competition is a lot harder now than what it used to be. A hell of a lot harder in this country. Yeah. You think it makes it a lot harder as well? You know, having these one-off games behind closed doors. You know, without you know the support yeah. of forty thousand Evertonians there. Yeah, absolutely. I just think back to the Chelsea night game in two thousand sixteen. Mm. And the atmosphere there. One of the great goodest atmospheres. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. imagine we played Tottenham in the fifth round, say Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah. You know, no, no, no. Look, we played Tottenham fifth round on Sunday night. It's a proxy fair point. You know. uh, <laughs> to, yeah. to be honest, in a particular yeah. cynical and, and bitter way, I'm really, you know, so that's the one fixture where I will really miss the absence uh, of a Goodison crowd. Just to let Mr. Son know exactly what the Goodison crowd has been <laughs> following his, uh, his treatment of Andre Gomez all those years ago. We haven't yeah. forgotten. We haven't yeah, forgotten. yeah, no, no, but uh, yeah, we have to, yeah, we have to be careful there because John Pickford's getting stick, isn't he? But yeah, <laughs> uh, no, no, I think, um, yeah, I, I, you've got to get through Sunday first before we 
get through that. As we said, Rotherham, who I thought would play really well. Yeah. The team at the bottom of the championship had some decent players and played really well. So Sunday night is a uh, you know, get through that first before we finish first. Yeah, pivoting back towards this weekend. I think you brought it up a bit earlier, Gav. Obviously, Abdelai Decore, we're we'll expect him to play this weekend, but he can't play against Leicester because yeah. he's suspended. Do we need a big performance from one of our other midfielders this weekend to prove that they can then step into his position for that Leicester game? He's talking about Tom Davis there, who I think will probably yeah. fly. I'm just thinking about our options there. We we'll probably discussed that on the Leicester pod, you know, but uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, the other the other thing is, is I would imagine he'll play to Corey. I was just thinking he might want to prepare for the Leicester game by putting out a midfield that will play against Leicester you know, on Sunday. Yeah. I don't know. That's another alternative. Uh, but yeah, our options are limited there anyway, aren't they? Really, you know, um, Tom. Tom just looking at the midfield that played against uh, Leicester when we actually one of our big results of the season when we went there and won you know, with relative comfort just before Christmas and uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson played at the heart of the midfield that day with Alan and Decore. Um so you know maybe Carlo will have another tactical you know sort of master stroke up his sleeve for that game and he'll be able to outwit Brendan Rodgers who knows uh, yeah, but, but yeah, well, I, I get that. Yeah, we, we do need somebody that can show they prove they deserve the opportunity to you know play in the league game. Well, we're, while we're on the subject of midfielders, Carlo gave a little bit of an update on the lesser spotted John Philippe Gabana <laughs> today, <laughs> saying essentially that Everton are just taking their time with his recovery. You know, they don't want to put any pressure on his return to action. And you know, Preno, that's probably the right way of doing things, really, isn't it? We're not. We're not desperate for Gabamon to be, you know, rushed back, are we? We're not, no, because we genuinely have no idea, you know, sort of what he can offer because we've seen so little of him. Um, I think two games, is it? You know, Crystal Palace, you know, so yeah. where he was caught a little bit, you know, a little bit short. Then he looked quite, was it Wolves, was it? The Goodison, oh, where he, actually, he looked, uh, you know, he looked quite, mm. you know, quite accomplished. Mm. So we, we genuinely don't know what we're going to get from him. So, yeah, we might as well just make sure he's absolutely right. And let's face it, it's going to be a long, drawn-out affair before he's even match-fit again. I know it's been a long, drawn-out affair just trying to get the guy physically fit, mm. uh, but match-fitness is a completely different thing and match-sharpness, you know, so altogether again. So, you know, we're going to have to be very, very patient. And, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's pointless rushing him in because there's no need at the moment. You know, we're not absolutely desperate. Um, you know, we would like to have him available. That would be quite useful given the intensity of the fixtures that we've got, right? But if that mm. means he's going to pick up another recurrence of something else, which often happens when a player comes back after a long-term injury, it's a little bit pointless. So, unfortunately, we just need to be as patient as we possibly can be and mm. wait to see, you know, so what kind of player we're eventually going to uh, going to inherit. And I'm not going to use that dreadful cliche. Uh, it'd be like having a new sign. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we don't know, do we? We'll have to just wait and see. <laughs> I think, Gav, patience has been the theme of Gabamon's time at Everton so far, yeah. hasn't it? I seem to remember, was it November or December last year that Carlo was saying he was you know, close to coming back to training and it just seems to be delayed and delayed and delayed. And, you know, are we going to see him before the end of the season? I'm not sure. Um, I think the priority is to make. The priority with him is, I think something that Plano alluded to there is, is not getting him injured, isn't it? Yeah. That's the part. It's not getting him fit. It's not get. It's 
it's sort of negative but I don't get him injured yeah yeah and on that basis I think you're probably right I mean ideally you might want to he was sort of uh, semi-fit or whatever you know play him a couple of games and then get him fit over the summer but going back to Carlos saying that November and December I mean, we really under I would imagine we all know the restrictions that players are under on and off the pitch. I mean, off the pitch must have been horrendous for the lad, mustn't it? Mm. You know, the young lads not living in his home country, you know, and stuff like this. Restrict, no travel, you know, injured for 18 months. Well, it's as good as 18 months now, isn't it? That must be, that must take a, take a, a lot out of you mentally, mustn't it? You know, and that, that's the other aspect of it. With him, I know Evan will support him well and all that, but so he's got he's got a number of number of things to overcome there, not just the physical side, the mental side, and uh, I, I think the the, the the injury recovery must be must be impacted by the current restrictions, must be, uh, mm. and uh, yeah, I think the the priority for him is is not to get injured, yeah. and then just take it from there really. Over and if that means him not playing for this season, but gives him the opportunity to start whenever next season starts. Um, yeah, I think that that's it for me. I've not got a problem. He doesn't play this year as long as he's fit for the for the following year. I know it's, it's it's so unfortunate for that. I can't think of any other player that we've had who's been in that kind of situation. I know Mangala came in on loan and got injured yeah. in his second game and never played again. But that that was a loan signing. I mean, this is a feather that cost us a fairly hefty transfer fee. Um, and you know we had you know sort of big hopes for. And I'm just trying to rack my brain. Slavin Bilic, we got literally a, a season out of him before, you know, so his uh, injury problems, you know, and Danny Williamson, another one maybe. But again, we got 20-odd, you know, 25 games before his, you know, injury problems ended his career. Yeah. But this poor lad's had two matches, you know, and we, just, we don't know what yeah. we're going to get. It's just, it's, it's a completely unique situation. Yeah, the one I'd think about, Preno, when, you know, it's not like us ever to talk about 70s retro stuff on this pod, is <laughs> is is Dave Smallman would probably be a decent analogy. But again, we, we saw quite yeah, a bit he, of Dave He Smallman. got games, didn't he? But yeah. he ended up being injured all the time, didn't he? And it, in was, the yeah, it, it was a wide variety of things. Again, you know, yeah, a fellow yeah. I had an awful lot of time for, Smallman, a really good footballer. Uh, who could have been an ideal foil for Bob Latchford. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, it was a broken leg, something called phlebitis of the calf. How often do you hear that? An injury, uh, dislocated shoulder. It was just like all, all manner of injuries. The arguably the unluckiest footballer in, in Everton's history. Yeah. But so there are, are precedents. Yeah. If, if you look at EversonResults.com, you'll probably find he made 20 or 30 odd appearances yeah. uh, you know, so yeah. over time. Whereas, like I say, Jean-Philippe Gabamin is like two two appearances. Yeah, it? yeah. You can't, you can't underestimate the, the 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 rollback. Yeah, you know what he's got to overcome there in the, in this this unusual environment and not pleasant. Yeah, you know, absolutely. it's going to be it's going to be difficult for them. Mm. Right, lads. Before we finish off, it's time to have some customary predictions. It's been a while since we've done this. I'm I'm looking forward to it. To I've be honest, been a while. yeah. <laughs> Gav, I'm going to let you go first. Everton v Sheffield Wednesday on Sunday night. Please, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to give a. I trust you want a 90 minute scoreline out. Like yes, the bookies please. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're not. You're not giving us the offer. No, I'm not going to say <laughs> draw that penalty. What's your penalties to be played? Be, oh. taking penalties about like half eleven of a Sunday night. You know, I, 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 mean? I would literally be an ice block. Uh, I, yeah. I, oh no. Are you there, out? Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm going to be going there. Have you checked the weather for the Sunday just in case? It's meant to be is snowing it? on Sunday. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I have so, a hat and gloves, so I'm literally so, going through. Yeah. So your presence in Monday's, Monday's podcast is debatable at this stage, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm going to warm you up by saying I see a comfortable win. 2-0, Cavalier and Bofad, just to uh, go back to your staff from before. I just want to love that. Love that. Yeah. I know. Are you similarly warm with your prediction? Similarly optimistic. I was going to go for a 2-0 myself, but you know we can't replicate because that's dull. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what you were saying earlier about the likes of Hammers and Richarlison probably being involved, Dominic Calvert-Lewin playing, I'd like to think it'll be a little bit more open uh, than maybe some of the games that we've seen recently. Um, maybe a little bit of defensive complacency just in one crucial occasion. So I'm going to go for a 3-1, a 3-1 Everson victory. Hopefully we'll get us into a nice, comfortable, commanding position. Carl will be able to ring a few changes and we'll give them a consolation near the end. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, 3-1, 3-1 I'm happy with. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping myself that we'll see a bit more of an expansive attacking display, but, you know, with... You know, a, a back four that's going to be made up of at least, you'd presume, Godfrey, Mina, Keane, and then either Coleman or Holgate. I'm going to hope that we manage to actually keep that defensive solidity this time. So I'm going to go for a 3-0. Nice, nice comfortable 3-0. 3-0 win. Send me home warm and happy. Please. And let's hope we're back to oh, the please. glory days of Adam Jones's supremely accurate predictions from earlier in the season. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Been calling it's four been really score lines and five three score lines and getting I think, them right. I think, I think that four two was probably the last one that I've got spot on, wasn't it? And then you made you made that bet that you'd buy me a pint or something. No, if I got yeah. Yeah. Oh, a bottle of champagne, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If, yeah. Uh, if I got the derby right, and I genuinely don't think I've got a scoreline right. <laughs> yeah. to, to, to be fair, as if I'd got a 4 2 right in the predictions, I would just retire at that stage, yeah. wouldn't you? How are you going to top that, you know? Yeah, Leon, I've, Adam, if, I've if been get, honorary retired, to be honest. Yeah. If you get 3 0 right this weekend, I'll buy you a bottle of beer. A bottle of beer? <laughs> I will, I will beer. Do I get to choose the beer? Uh, as long as it's not something ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I, I will take it. We've heard Absolutely. it here first. <laughs> right, lads, yeah. thank you very much for joining me and thank you for listening. Don't forget, you can rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts from. And uh, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter as well. Get involved in the conversation there. Just search for the Royal Blue Podcast. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.